Hi, and welcome to the events experience, where we take a deep dive into everything event planning. I work for Bishop McCann, an agency devoted to creating joy through meetings, incentives, and events for big name brands. On this podcast, myself and our company's experts will discuss all things events. So keep listening to hear all about the latest tips and trends for virtual, live, and hybrid events. Hi, everyone. I am here with Devin Carver, the Director of Sales and Marketing here at Bishop McCann with eight years of experience in the industry. And today we're going to discuss how to best handle audience engagement for hybrid events and why it's so important to understand each type to have a successful event. So thank you for joining me today, Devin. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, Brenna. Yeah. So as many of us in the industry know, we are expecting a drastic increase in hybrid events in the near future. And with hybrid comes a unique challenge, and that's balancing these two different audience types because you have this virtual component, but also in-person and everyone just has a different level of comfort. Some people are ready to get back out into the world and others are used to being holed up at home in their pajama pants 24-7. So <laughs> Devin, what do you think is the first thing to take into account when considering these respective audiences? I think this is such a great question, Brenna, because I think it's really important to consider that they really are two different audiences and they're expecting two different things and have separate goals. So, you know, for your virtual attendees, you know, for the last year, we've been consuming really high quality educational content. Um, That's been kind of the the ongoing trend for all of the conferences that we've seen Uh, and not just educational content, you know, high, high end keynote speakers, um, really high quality entertainment. Um, We've really been expecting really high quality content. And I think that's still the key driver for our virtual audiences. Um, You know, back in 2019, we were really able to get away with more of a general content that spoke to all audiences, um, but really ramped it up with networking and all the other different components that come along um, with live programs. And it's just not the same anymore. And your virtual audience expects something very different. For your in-person audience, they're going to go back to being really focused on networking. I think all of us have been holed up, right, for (laughs) a year plus, and they're ready to see people, and they're ready to get back out there and make new connections. Um, And I I think what's going to be the biggest challenge is making these audiences not feel separate and feel like they're still getting a really great, high-quality experience at your program. Yeah, so just making sure that it doesn't feel like two separate events, making sure that it comes together and is this whole cohesive feel. Right. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I mean. Okay. So when you're talking about in-person audiences and kind of how networking is going to be a huge component that we're going to be pushing for, because we haven't seen people, I don't know about you, but after being at home for so long, the idea of networking with people can be a little bit daunting because I've just been at home for a really long time by myself. So do you think that there will be a lot of re-entry anxiety for these attendees? Yeah, absolutely, Britta. I, as somebody who literally talks to people all day long in the sales role, um, I will be nervous too, getting back out there. 
Um, I think as, as excited that everyone is, I don't think anyone expects it to be quite the same um, as it was, you know, in the good old days, a couple of years ago, um, you know, reentry anxiety, I think is a real deal. It's, it's really kind of a two different things, right? So we've got those who are still worried about COVID-19 and maybe are, aren't vaccinated, maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable about, um, cleaning protocols and things like that. Um, and then again, you know, the people that are, have maybe fallen out of social skill <laughs> practicing for the last year, um, I know we've all been able to be a little bit weird in our home offices uh, for a while wearing our fuzzy slippers. So um, I think the first step is really to acknowledge those fears. Um, and really more importantly is to set communication standards way up front. Um, you know, in any of your pre-event and even on-site program materials, I think it's it's important to be delicate, <laughs> but you know, state that you know, even the most outgoing individual may be a little bit out of practice. Um, encouraging opportunities where attendees can connect virtually prior to being on site and, you know, maybe get connected with people before they go. Um, and then, of course, you know, communicating about your new procedures, your cleaning protocols, uh, any mask policies, and just be very open and honest uh, and straightforward with your attendees before they come on site. Yeah, just to have that transparency from the very beginning, just making sure everybody is on the same page and just to clear up any issues. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, right when COVID started, we saw a lot of really interesting things with, you know, different badge colors or different bracelet colors that were like, you know, green was like, okay, come give me hugs. I'm all for it. Uh, yellow was, hey, keep your distance. And, you know, red was, I'm staying far away from you with a mask on. So don't um, touch me. Don't come near me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's definitely different ways that you can be creative. Um, there's also a really cool badge company. Uh, I think it's called Proxfin Proxfinity and they have some like six feet buzzers. Like when you get really close to people, um, and they start to like light up and tell you to, uh, back up. So there's definitely different things you can consider, uh, when you're on site. So can you elaborate a little bit more about just the communications for a hybrid event, when you're considering that virtual and in-person component, what are some things to think about when you're planning that? Yeah, I, I communication, I think in any event uh, is the most important element. Um, you know, obviously we've got to communicate some of our cleaning protocols and things like that, but I think more than anything to make sure that this event feels like one cohesive program, uh, the most important thing is to really establish your presence and your, your voice. Um, you know, for example, at Bishop McCann, we are very playful in our voice. We are giggling on our podcast. Uh, you know, it's, it's our mission to create joy. Um, so we prefer a really straightforward language. We don't take ourselves very seriously. Um, our voice is very, you know, playful, concise. Uh, we don't use a lot of industry jargon, or at least we try not to. Um, and, you know, just trying to understand the mood of the audience and really understand what, um, you know, be in control of the top takeaways that you want them to get out of it and you want them to go home with and, and be very consistent about it. Um, on top of that, I think it's extremely important to create a consistent communications plan. Um, you know, the majority of what we have to lean on in the weeks leading up to the event are, are the words that we write. and. Um, they should be interesting and they should also be concise. Um, and then, you know, really plan out, you know, 
how do you read emails? You know, most of us kind of skim. I'm totally guilty of being an email skimmer. Um, reading really what stands out. Um, just make sure you, you know, you're constructing a timeline and you are, you know, ensuring that messages are sent spaced apart. They're not, you know, back to back and, you know, take, take time to do some research on, um, making sure that you're not, you know, conflicting with any other major conferences or, um, things of that nature. So yeah, just take, make sure that you're taking, you know, your time and effort into a, a consistent and solid communications plan. So talking more about how we want to make sure this is cohesive and that nobody feels left out, even if they are watching this event from their couch, like we want to make sure that everybody feels together and connected and that it's one event. So what are some ways to bring those two audiences together and to make it feel like that one single event? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think the way that I like to think about it when I'm talking to prospective clients is you know, building parallels on each other and seeing where those two audiences can merge together. So, you know, for your live program, they're pretty used to having a mobile app. Um, so if you're not using a mobile app for your virtual audience, maybe you should consider that, um, or at least an integrated mobile app website. So that way people can create audience profiles. They can message one another, uh, regardless of the audience that they're in. Um, you know, a couple of different things you can think of for, you know, gifting services, maybe your on-site gifting reflects the gifts that the virtual audience is going to get. Um, maybe your welcome cocktail reception in the uh, live space. Maybe you do a pre-event, create your own cocktail class for your virtual attendees. Um, you know, maybe some of your live sponsor presentations, you do have on-demand sponsor presentations in a virtual exhibit setting. Um, so people are seeing the same content. Um, and then streaming some of your main stage presentations, maybe you do separate breakouts for virtual audiences that you do for your live audiences. Um, I think some of your live audiences, you should look at doing roundtables and working lunches. I mean, that's really the reason they're there is to engage with one another and to uh, network. So kind of thinking about some of those um, things that do make the audience different. Uh, but but then bringing them back together for, you know, streamed keynote sessions and m- making sure that they feel a part of it, you know, in your live, your live keynote can say, hi, we're, we're so excited you guys are here and welcome virtual audience. We're glad that you're joining us from home today. Um, and I think one thing you should consider too is since the virtual audience is missing out on a little bit of that um, in-person engagement, I think you can consider making the virtual audience um, downloadable at home that like you can see um, sessions on demand. And maybe that's in addition to your you're in person as well. Maybe they have the option to upgrade their pass so they can see all of the virtual on-demand sessions later. It's a great way to generate more revenue too. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to consider when you start thinking about it. Uh, another thing too is tap into those mobile apps and do some polling through Q&A on the app, you know, quiz people, uh, see their opinions and uh, maybe do some fun trivia and things like that too between both audiences and get them involved. So Thank you so much for those really great insights into hybrid events. And I think it's become really clear just how important it is for hybrid to think about both those audiences. You want to make sure that you are creating an experience that's memorable for both audiences. You don't want anybody feeling like left out or that they're not being considered when they're coming to your event. So thank you so much for joining us today and for helping us out. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Brenna. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to all the hybrid events in the future.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Events Experience. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and create joy wherever you go.